This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Yesterday in episode number 40, you guys heard from Chad Newell. He walked you through how to, quote, mini IPO your software as a service business without doing a real IPO launch. All right, Top Tribe, you're going to love our guest today. His name is Tim Fargo. And look, he was bankrupt in 91. He started a brand new business in 96. By the way, 91, that's about when I was born. We'll talk about that later. Tim, sorry. Uh, I hope that doesn't make you feel old. But anyways, he sold that business that he started in 96 for 20 million bucks in 2003. Now he's a digital nomad. He's running a hyper growth content management system called tweetjukebox.com. Tim, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it, Nathan. I love it, brother. Okay, let's jump in. So, bankrupt in 91. What happened? Uh, bad arithmetic. <laughs> bad arithmetic. Was it dot-com boom related? No, it was related to, you know, I'd, um, I'd had a sales job um, before I, I started this. Um, I was running an event marketing company. And this is a great cautionary tale for the people that are listening because the business was making money. But the problem was I came out of a job where I was making really good money. How and, much is really good? Um, I mean, this is back, you know, in, in 90, uh, like in 1990, 89. And so, um, you know, I'm making like 60 grand because uh. it was a sales job. So it was a little up and down. But back then that, you know, I mean, even today, it's not bad. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, so I started this event marketing company. And I mean, you know, if you look at the p I'm in the black but I'm still going out and I'm having a good time and I'm doing things and I'm thinking, you know, ah, it's all going to work out, but it didn't. <laughs> what, and so, so what, what happened though? I mean, was there a, tell me specifically, was there a big expense you didn't forecast that it hit you hard and bankrupt you? I mean, what happened? No, it was just, it was just ego. I mean, you know, look, I, I can try to paint this thing another way, but you know, I mean, and I, and I think that's why I think it's a really important lesson because there, you know, it would, there'd be much less shame. I um, mean, it's a long time ago, so I don't really care anymore, but there'd be a lot less shame in what happened. Um, if it had been some big, big externality, this was all me. There, I, there is the only thing to blame for that bankruptcy is sitting in the chair talking to you right now. Mm -hmm. It's me. And I just spent more than I made because I kept telling myself, you're killing it. You're doing great. Everything's going to be awesome. You know, people love, you know, what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I mean, credit card bills are getting bigger. And, you know, the business is growing, but it's so not just growing expense, as fast. Expense management, just all coming back to you and, and knowing your numbers. Knowing my numbers, knowing my numbers and not falling in love with the idea of what's in the pipeline. So we always talk about in the top tribe, you know, you need to understand this, you know, being an entrepreneur is not stable. It's the exact opposite. So Tim went from bankrupt in 91 to in 96, he launched Omega Insurance Services and sold it seven years later for 20 million bucks. Why'd you get into the insurance business, Tim? Well, it was the investigative business, actually. And, oh, okay, okay. Um, 
Yeah, and um, we were doing surveillance on bodily injury claims. So when you see these videos of somebody saying they can never work again and they're out on a jet ski or in a rodeo, that's what we did. Um, so I got into that. It was really happenstance. It was a guy... <laughs> talk about being a nomad i was actually in guatemala and i and i met a guy and he came stateside and anyhow i ended up in that business with him and another person but we had creative differences and um so i just went out and hung up my own shingle because it was um it's a business and and there are a lot of businesses like this they're not as glamorized as maybe dot com stuff Mm -hmm. um you know or digital stuff but there's a lot of businesses where there are people who are practitioners and not really business people and investigations um, for a very long time was one of those there were a lot of people who were very good investigators um, and could run a shop of maybe you know eight to ten guys um, or girls and but then they kind of ran up against their own limits in terms of building infrastructure and things like that but I didn't get into the business as an investigator I got into the business as a business person understood so was that the, was that the business that then went in to become a, in the top of Inc. 500? Yeah, we were in the Inc. 500 twice. Got it. Got it. Okay, so y- you sell that business. Okay, what happened? First off, you wrote a book. You must have been able to predict what Google's move was going to be because you titled your book Alphabet Success, and now all of a sudden we've got Google calling itself Alphabet. So, so you you know Larry, right? Yeah, they're always <laughs> calling me. They're always calling me for ideas. I can tell you. You know, actually, I got to go in a minute. Um, <laughs> no, so, it. Why write ahead, the sorry. book? Why write the book? Um. You know, I mean, working on investments and doing things, you know, it's nice to have a great cash out and stuff, but, um, you know, there's <laughs> there's only so much, you know, kind of leisure time you can sort of um, ingest without, you know, starting to get bored. So the idea was to come out with this thing um, and just to be a little more active. I mean, I wasn't, from the beginning, I wasn't really looking to necessarily get into anything full time, but um, that obviously changed. So you obviously didn't write the book to make money, right? Uh, anybody that writes a book to make money is likely to be highly disappointed. Can you tell us how shitty it is? How much money, what was the total amount you would say you made just from the book sales of Alphabet Success? No keynotes that you got from the book, just the book sales on Amazon. Oh, if I've made two grand in two years, that'd be a miracle. (laughs) Got it. So people don't write books unless you've got some other strategy. It's not going to make you a millionaire overnight. All right. With that being said, let's go now into Tim. I want to get some, give some context. Let's go into your current venture. Tell us the story. Why did you start Tweet Jukebox? It actually relates to the book. It's a perfect segue because what happened is I had the book out. I'm trying to develop awareness about it. So I'm doing that in social media. My preferred channel was Twitter. And what I very quickly found out is if you want to tweet a fair amount so that you can sort of capture a lot of attention, there's a heck of a lot of scheduling involved. So... You know, that was taking more and more time and I was on the road and, you know, I'm trying to like, coordinate like, all these different things and actually responding to people and using the social aspect of social media. So it, it got to, I said, okay, this is it. And I knew, you know, Twitter and API. So I contacted the guy. He was actually the first guy I worked for out of college and also the guy that was the head of my IT at Omega. And I said, Len, <laughs> You got to build me something here um, so that I can have databases of content and they can tweet automatically without me having to run around. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how the product was born. Um, it was born out of me having a problem and fixing it. And I didn't start out with the idea of, 
wow, this is going to be great for the world. I started out with, you know, I'm sick of doing this and I, and I want something to fix it for me. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, it looks like you're eating your own dog food. You have 222,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, are you using tweet jukebox to, to, to increase those numbers every day? Yeah, I mean, I pick up probably about four to five hundred new people every day. And so, walk us through how to, the tweet jukebox. I understand how it works. I'm on the landing page right now, and Tim, it's it's underwhelming. But look, I think, I mean, it, like it doesn't it doesn't look sexy, but it looks like it gets the job done. There's one call to action. Can you walk us through some of the numbers? How many people are using tweet jukebox? Um, right now, we've got about sixteen thousand users, mm-hmm. and. Um, I guess yesterday, as an example, we had just over 150,000 tweets go out yesterday. Okay, so you're managing a, lar- a large volume. Yeah, I mean, we have a ton of traffic going out. And um, we're actually, today is uh, interesting enough today, because we started out, it was funny, we, we started out with this, like, what we thought was going to be this, like, smoking server, right? You know, because we're like, yeah, we're going to get some people, and then we'll need all this iron. Uh, <laughs> so, anyhow, and that, but, you know, we're thinking, like, a couple thousand people will show up. And um, so, anyhow, today we're cutting over to Amazon Web Services, so, because um, we can't we can't scale in the environment we're in, so um, we're moving. So, 16,000 users, how many of them have become a paying customer, and what do they pay? Um, none of them have become a paying customer because we don't have that option yet. Um, I mean, from the beginning, um, there, there's a couple things. I think if you're launching, um, I mean, we did a free a free model, and let me explain why, because I think this is also important for people that have a relatively new idea that they want to have a subscription model for at, at some point, but if the idea is fairly new, You've got a couple challenges because now you've got to explain what you're doing and how it will benefit people and then ask for money too. And that's a lot to ask. I mean, that's a big ask um, unless you got a real like awesome problem solver. But if you let people try something over time and, and have a fairly like long enough trial period that people can kind of get in and like really experience it. Um, so, and we wanted to knock the kinks out as well. So we launched in February and it's been free. And what we're going to do is we're going to start charging in, in 2016. And what are you uh, going to charge? Like how, how are you thinking about pricing? Um, our entry level um, will be $9.99 a month. Okay. And what is your ultimate goal? I mean, look, this looks like something that something like, you know, somebody like Hootsuite will gobble up. I mean, is your ultimate goal to sell this thing? You know, I'm not sure yet. I mean, because I think there's a lot of potential for moving content around to social channels. Um, and I mean, ultimately, you know, um, next year we're also going to um, be launching onto other channels like LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Google Plus, if it's still around. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I need to call Larry and ask him about that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we're, you know, we, we're, we view ourselves as a content distribution system where people can have content that they want to share and things, you know, where they want to seem a little bit more active than they can really manage with the amount of time they have. Got it. Well, and look, it makes complete sense. Now, okay, Top Tribe, I want to give you more brain juice this month, totally free. If you're loving this episode, text the word Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, to 33444 for your chance to win a prize on an upcoming show. The next prize is a pack of 14 business books valued at 250 bucks if you bought them on Amazon. And these books are the ones that Mark Zuckerberg thinks every entrepreneur must read. Tim, you've given us a lot to think about. You've got an amazing journey. We're about to get into my favorite part of the show. Tim, do you know what's next? Tell me. Come on, man. You let <laughs> me down. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? 
<laughs> Let's do it. All right. Number one, besides Alphabet Success, Tim, what is your favorite business book? Wow. You know, I'm going to hedge here and I'm going to give you two, mostly because one of them's out of print, um, but it is for sale on Amazon. Um, one that is in print, it's called Fizz, um, and it's about the role of influencers in marketing today. I'm, I've actually just finished it. It's an awesome book, and I can't say enough about how relevant it is to like the shifts in the sand as far as you know paid advertising not working. Um, but there's another book called Jungle Rules, um, Jungle Rules by John Imlay, and um, it's a story about a turnaround, and it's fantastic. There's no window dressing in that book, man. It's like down in the dirt. It's all happening. So if you want to, if you want to see the kind of blood and guts of making a bad business good again, um, that's an awesome book too. Great. And we guys, just to be clear, Top Tribe, as you know, a lot of you guys are participating on the website in the show notes because we have a bunch of surprises in the show notes, things you won't even, ex even expect on the live show. So you'll get all these links that Tim is mentioning in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top six, eight, the top 68. Tim, question number two, is there a CEO that you are following or studying right now? You know, there's not, but there's someone who I really admire. And I, I've got this little bit of a, I, I suppose my hook right now is I'm really interested in, in the idea of turnarounds in big businesses. Um, and talk about, you know, you were saying when you graduated, there's a guy named Lou Gerstner, who's the guy that turned IBM around um, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that might sound to a lot of entrepreneurial people like, oh, yeah, well, you know, IBM. Hey, to take a business that's like 65, 70 years old and has a, a hugely entrenched culture where it's just become horrible and make it back into a performer, that's an achievement. That's like you're turning around a massive ship. So there's great lessons for anybody um, in studying people like, like Lou Gerstner. There you go, Lou Gerstner. Number three, what is your favorite online tool? You know, I just found this and um, and I'm, I'm so happy and I've actually been recommending it to people the last couple of days. It's um, it's called One Page CRM. Um, for One a lot page of us, CRM.com? Correct. Okay. And I, let me just give a real quick explanation of it. I mean, for a lot of us, we don't have a tr traditional sales channel where, you know, we're not industrialists going out, identifying our clients and putting them into this, like a sales channel. I mean, we have people we need to be in contact, like, you know, we're in contact or whatever. You're managing people that you know, but you want to keep up with like what the last thing you talked about is so you don't have to go back through all your emails. One page CRM is the first thing I've found since I used ACT way back when that is concise, simple, easy to manage, and gets the job done and keeping up with the context that you want to have information about. There you go. Okay. One page CRM.com. Tim, yes or no. As you're building this empire, your new empire, Tweet Jukebox, I want to know yes or no. Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. How much do you get? What? Six, seven, five? I usually sleep like five or six hours and I take a nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> there you go. I'm being honest. All right. Number five, Tim. How old are you now? 54. Okay, 54. Go back 34 years. If you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, what would it be? Easy on the Jack Daniels, dude. <laughs> Easy on the Jack <laughs> Daniels. Well, you just, what do you do, uh, fruity drinks now? Um, no. <laughs> hey, easy, easy. No, I, I, I just... <clears throat> I'm, I'm being facetious. I, I would actually, it's, it's funny. I would say that 
I don't have any advice for that. I mean, I, what what made me who I am today is all the goofy stuff and whatever I did. I had a great time when I was 20. And I can honestly tell you, no matter what the advice would be for my 20-year-old self, my 20-year-old self wouldn't listen anyhow, so. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, t- Tim, as you're building this new venture in Tweet Jukebox, if people want to connect with you or follow you online, where can they do that? Um... The two easiest places to reach me, one is just to send me an email if you have a question or a comment or whatever, um, is tim at tweetjukebox.com. Um, just send me an email. Um, and then, as I mentioned um, earlier, my preferred channel is Twitter, and I'm at Alphabet Success. Um, so hit me up in either place. I'm always glad to hear from people and I may not have an answer, but maybe I know somebody who does. Well, there you go. So from bankrupt, bankrupt in 1991 to the Inc 500 and a $20 million sale in 2003, best selling author. And now on to his new venture tweet jukebox. He's crushing it. Tim, thank you for taking us to the top. <laughs> All right, Nathan. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Coming up in episode number 42 tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Yuri Elkin. He does 75000 bucks a month in MRR from just one of his funnels, and he's got a $235 customer lifetime value. You're going to love his other metrics. This podcast is produced by Oration Recording and is sponsored by Eddie Communications and Roanoke, Virginia's Grandin CoLab, the premier workspace for entrepreneurs and growing companies. 